Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Casey Hendrickson here from the SilverFoxArt.com studios. All right. Um, quite a bit to get to today, but not as much as yesterday. Yesterday was, uh, I think, a really good show. And if you haven't seen yesterday's show, please go back and watch it. I think it's really important that people understand what is causing the issue with liver infections with young kids all over the world and how the World Health Organization and the CDC are pretending that they don't know what it is, even though last year we knew what it was. So very important that that information get out. I haven't seen other people really talk about it yet. So if you could make sure to share yesterday's live stream with everybody, that would be much appreciated. Uh, not the radio show one from 95.3 MNC, the other one where we specifically talked about you know a couple of issues and, and then uh, we got into the cancer thing. And just put a little timestamp on there uh, when you do share it on when we actually started, not cancer, we started talking about the liver infections. And that way we are able to help. Now in the radio show, we also covered another side effect of the Pfizer vaccine, which is vulvar ulcers on adolescent girls. That is something that has now been attributed to the Pfizer vaccine specifically. And this continues to be an issue. Now they're saying it's not a big deal now, but in July of 2021 and December of 2021, they also said hepatitis in the liver uh, because of the Pfizer vaccine wasn't a major problem either. And now the World Health Organization and the CDC are issuing a global warning about it because it's it's starting to, to affect uh, young people in mass. And it all started, it all started right after the FDA approved the second visor shot for five to 11 year olds. All right. Uh, man, do we have a lot? I'm going to start with something funny. Can we just do that? I want to start with something funny. And then we'll move into a couple of different things. I don't know that I'm going to be doing this for a full hour today. Uh, it might actually end up being closer to a half an hour. We'll see. Sometimes I ramble and, and we're able to get to that hour anyway. But um, I wanted to go ahead and just start a little bit lighthearted, make sure my audio is, is queued up here. And this might get a little loud. So just, you know, be prepared. This is this is a fake ad for Twitter. And I found this on Not The Bee. And it's really funny. Um, and by the way, this story here, we're probably going to talk about this story tomorrow, okay? So that's probably going to be on the uh, the docket tomorrow. All right, so here's the new ad. I just want to play it for you. It's humorous. I think it's funny. It's well done. And just to enjoy it. Could switching to free speech really make Twitter conversations 15% healthier? Did the liberal cry re, re, re all the way home? Your home. Oh, cool. <laughs> All right. I enjoyed that. I thought that was funny. I ran into that yesterday and I'm like, I, I giggled. So I enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it too. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about, let's talk about the border patrol and let's talk about Jen Psaki and, and Joe Biden and how they refuse to admit any of their mistakes and they refuse to apologize and they get caught lying about people. This goes back to that story there. Now, for those of you who don't remember, uh, the Border Patrol was accused of whipping Haitian migrants. Of course, I looked at it when the story was going nuts, and I looked at it and I was like, wow, it's weird. Not a single photograph that they're saying about whipping migrants shows them whipping any migrants. Isn't that interesting? But it was everywhere. Every blue checkmark journalist, every investigative reporter, every you know blue checkmark Democrat politician, even some Republican politicians, celebrities galore, all of them with blue checkmarks, right? They're all out there talking about how the Border Patrol, the evil racist Border Patrol, which is predominantly Hispanic, by the way, 
The Border Patrol is not a white force. The Border Patrol is predominantly Hispanic. And they go out there and they're like, they're beating Haitian migrants. This is a racist, white supremacist thing. It's like, no. And it's like, all right, I'll go through all of the photos that were published. And I went through every single photo that was published and not a single one of them showed anybody using a whip. Not a one. So I'm like, okay. So I posted on social media. I'm like, this looks like fake news. Stay tuned. Sure enough, it was fake news. Even the photographer who took these photos, okay, that photographer came out and said he saw the Border Patrol not whip anybody. He never saw the Border Patrol abuse anybody. He never saw the Border Patrol harm anybody. He never saw the Border Patrol break the law. Now, that's the photographer. That is the person who took these shots, okay? But naturally, this led to everybody, oh, my God, this is crazy. Joe Biden's like, they're whipping people. And it's like, dude, they work for you, man. You're the executive. They work for you. And when you slander your own people, when there's no evidence of any wrongdoing whatsoever, that's a real problem. And all we've ever asked for anybody to do in any of these cases that become big public outrage cases, because almost every public outrage case is a fake story. Almost every single one. That's the truth. 99% or more of the hate crimes or the swastikas or the racist graffiti or whatever are fake hate crimes. They're done by minorities pretending that whites did it. There are few examples of it actually happening, but very rarely they're usually done by the people who pretend to be the victims. Like I said, if this was such a problem, you wouldn't have to manufacture these incidences so much, but because it's not a real problem, you have to in order to make people think that it's a real problem. And then the original story blows up and it's big. And then three months later, we find out that it was a completely fake story. And guess what? That story doesn't get any attention at all. And the same people who went out on the nightly news and told you about this horrible incident of white supremacy on campus or whatever it was, they never write a follow-up article. They never apologize for getting the story wrong. They never apologize for jumping to conclusions. There's basic journalism, folks. It's like, hey, this thing reported here, we don't have any clues as to who might be responsible, and, you know, stay tuned. They don't report it that way. They turned it into a white supremacy narrative and all of this other stuff. And again, the Border Patrol is predominantly Hispanic. They're not white. So this story was nonsense. It was fake news. It was completely debunked. Um, it was debunked a long time ago, but the internal investigation finally completed. We already knew what the results of the internal investigation were because the other investigations already proved that this didn't happen. But we still had to have, there's a process that plays out, right? So there's an internal investigation and a finding out they didn't do anything wrong. They didn't whip anybody. They didn't break the law. They didn't do anything wrong, period, end of story. That's all there is. So that investigation was was concluded and the uh, Border Patrol agents were cleared of any wrongdoing. That happened um, this last week. So Peter Ducey just asked a very simple question. Go and queue up the, uh, the audio here of Jen Psaki. And here's the thing. This should be an easy thing for anybody to respond to. You know what? We are glad that they didn't break any law. We're glad that they didn't abuse anybody. Uh, we are sorry for the language that we used at the time. We should not have jumped to conclusions, and we aim to do better in the future. That's all you got to say. And the American people, who are a very forgiving people, will go, all right, they learned their lesson. And you hope that they did learn their lesson. Unfortunately, most of the time, they don't learn their lesson, and that's, that's sad. But here's Peter Ducey 
That son of a bitch, according to Jen Psaki. By the way, so Joe Biden has called him names, and Jen Psaki has called him names, and Joe Biden vowed to fire anybody who disrespected anybody in the media. Remember that? I'm going to fire anybody who's disrespectful to anybody in the media. Of course, he's done it. Jen Psaki's done it. Nobody's, nobody's been fired. Nobody's been reprimanded. All right, anyway, here we go. One additional question about uh, something that happened a few months ago down at the border. We've been told that the mounted border patrol officers, the president accused of whipping migrants, have been notified they will not face criminal charges. So when is the president going to apologize to them? Good question. Uh, there is a process and an investigation that's gone through the Department of Homeland Security. Yeah, and it's done. Update on that. It's done, though. The investigation is done. All right, here we go. Continue. The president said that they were whipping people, which would be a criminal offense. Right. And they've been told they're not going to be criminal. And it didn't happen. There's an investigation into that, and I'll let the Department of Homeland Security announce any conclusion of that investigation. They already did. They already announced it. That's the point. They already announced the conclusion to that investigation. They're refusing to apologize. Everybody makes mistakes. And I get it. You know, you, you get... Swept up in this whole law enforcement is bad. I know Joe Biden's running around giving these speeches and everything else going, we can't defund the police. We have to fund the police. Okay, Joe Biden campaigned on defunding the police. We have played you the montages. Now, he wasn't in the camp of completely defunding them, but he was in the camp of reducing funding to the police, which is, again, defunding the police, reducing funding to the police and putting them in social programs. He was absolutely in favor of that. He said that multiple times at multiple debates in the primary and the general election. We played you the montage. Now he's pretending that he's not. He's completely lying to everybody. Although it's to a point now where it's like, is he really lying or is it just Joe Biden's mind is gone? You know, what is it, a week ago? A week ago, he had maybe, maybe a week and a half, he lied about being a professor at the University of Pennsylvania. And then just two days ago, he lied about it again. He probably thinks he was a professor at the University of Pennsylvania. He never has been. But this is, you lied about these men. You slandered these men. You further gave ammunition for race-baiting activists who hate law enforcement. You motivated violence against law enforcement. Just like you, Patrick Stewart, Captain Picard, you're motivating violence against law enforcement. Every time a police officer is ambushed or killed by a BLM activist or something like that, Patrick Stewart, you're partly responsible for that. You know, when you have these celebrities making programs, portraying the Border Patrol as racist Nazi Gestapo types, which is exactly what Picard Season 2 does, okay? ICE agents, not Border Patrol, but specifically ICE agents. But other shows do it with the Border Patrol. And you have... Police officers painted as, again, bigots and violent and uncaring. If you do that, you can't be surprised when a BLM activist, once again, goes on a rampage. Because you're causing that. And at the FBI, by the way, and several criminologists at the university level have studied this for many, many years. And they've all shown in all of their research, the media coverage of these events leads to more of these events. So when you have a lie about hands up, don't shoot. And the media presents that lie as if it were true over and over and over and over again, long after it's been debunked. You spur more violence on law enforcement 
because people believe law enforcement is actually hunting young black men, which, of course, there is no data showing that that's actually happening. It is a myth. But the news media presents it as if it were true, without any facts whatsoever. None. And you have people, once again, portraying, it's like, uh, you know, the crazy eye bucket face. She goes out there, AOC, she goes out there to the southern border, and she goes, oh, my God, they're forced to drink out of the toilets. There's no fresh water. No, that is the fresh water. That's how that system works. It is designed that way. That is a system that has been in schools for 100 years. Fresh water comes in, the sink is on the top, that water drains into the tank. That water is then recycled to be used for toilet wastewater. But the fresh, clean water comes in through the faucet. It just drains into the tank of the toilet. It is completely sanitary. There's nothing wrong with it. You're not drinking toilet water. The water that you don't use becomes toilet water. It is completely safe and sanitary. She lied about all of that. But it's all designed to paint them as Gestapo and as evildoers, which, frankly, considering the predominant uh, number of people who are Border Patrol happen to be Hispanic, is a very racist thing to do. But even when they get caught, even when they get caught lying or jumping to conclusions or whatever it was, Obama did this too, his stupid beer summit and everything else, and turns out that that was all wrong too. They won't even admit it. So it's bad enough that they throw their own people under the bus falsely portray them as evildoers. When they're proven wrong, they won't even be humble enough to admit that they made a mistake and they slandered their own people without any evidence. Which means, of course, that they're not interested in telling you the truth and that they're going to do it again because it's all about the narrative. It's all about the narrative. Now let's look at California. And, and we're going to get into a little bit more about this race baiting stuff here in a second. But I want to look at California real quick. Uh, I ran into an article yesterday. I didn't save it. Um, the article said that homeschooling still at record highs, even though schools are open, which is fantastic. But California public schools, their enrollment is down 110,000 students this year. That is crazy. 110,000 students. LA Times is reporting an enormous drop in public school enrollment in the state of California. There are 110,000 fewer students in California this year. Now, some of that, people moving away, a lot of that's going to be homeschooling. California public schools enrollment has dropped for the fifth year in a row, a decline of more than 110,000 students as K-12 campuses struggle against pandemic disruptions and a shrinking population of school-aged kids amid wide concerns that the decrease is so large that educators can't account for the missing children. Well, they're all moving away. They're moving away, they're going to private school, or they're being homeschooled. People don't want to live in California anymore. California geographically is one of the most beautiful places on earth and nobody wants to be there except crazy people. Nobody wants to be there. You know, it, it is, it's a 1.8% decline for crying out loud. And of course, California public schools will say, well, because we don't have uh, these, you know, 2% additional students anymore, we're getting reduced funding. We need to raise your taxes to get more funding because that's how they always portray these things. But it's of course, nonsense. And it's completely and totally untrue. And we're going to talk about more race baiting and how the media has done exactly what we've told you that they've done for a long time. And I know that everybody knows. Everybody knows what I'm about to say is true. Who is probably watching this show. But all of you know somebody who thinks that this is a lie. 
We're going to talk about that coming up in just a minute, right after we pay some bills with our wonderful sponsor, SilverFoxArt.com. Make sure you follow silverfoxart.com on Instagram. Go to Instagram, silver.fox.art. All right. Um, just one extra thing since yeah, I noticed in the live chat, I kind of scan over during the commercial breaks just to see if everybody's talking. Um, one of the things that we've noticed, too, we, we covered this. Uh, was it California's? Is it second district? Devin Nunez's old district? It might not be the second district. I don't, I don't know for sure. But the Hispanic population there broke big time for the Republican Party. And here's, here's the thing. Hispanics are conservative. They always have been. They are aligned with the Republican Party. Uh, well, I shouldn't say conservative. They're Republican. Okay, they're, they're more in the neocon wing of the Republican Party, but they're Republican. And the only thing that is keeping Hispanic populations in places like California aligned with the Democratic Party is that many of them have family who have come here illegally or family they're trying to bring in illegally. And they desperately don't want that border to be closed off until their relatives get here. So they break with Democrats who are open borders and they vote for Democrats who are open borders in order to get relatives secured into the United States or to get them secured citizenship or legal status, right? Once that stops, once that stops, they're voting Republican. There's no reason for them to be voting Democrat. They are not aligned with Democrats on virtually any issue whatsoever. So the Democratic Party is invested in keeping the border wide open. The Republican Party has been invested in keeping the border wide open for various reasons. A lot of them economic. Conservatives don't want the border open. And so when conservatives successfully get the border closed, you'll see a lot of them, a lot of the Hispanic voters start breaking for Republicans. Right now, though, even with this, what's happening is the border crisis is so big and such a major issue, and there's such a human crisis, a human, basically a human rights crisis that is happening there with trafficking and drugs and rape and molestation and, and kidnapping and all of that stuff. 
that now a lot of Hispanics are going, I can't get everybody here. And we, we have to we have to protect them from even trying to come here. And we need to close this off. So they're voting for Republicans. I mean, just massive, massive shift to Republicans in this latest California election just a couple of weeks ago. Um, Republicans pulled in more votes there than they, they ever have. And, and that was led by Hispanic voters. So I know the Republicans keep saying, one day Hispanics are going to break Republican. But until that day actually happens in a general election, you can't count on those votes yet. Because a lot of them are so invested in getting legal status for their relatives. And that's why a lot of Republicans are so for amnesty. Because some Republicans think that if you if you provide amnesty and close the border, then you will fix this problem and they will vote Republican. Whereas a lot of Republicans and conservatives are going, hey, Reagan tried this and it didn't work. So maybe we just don't reward this behavior. So that's the debate that happens within the Republican Party. And the Democrats know that if they ever close it, then they lose any any kind of influence they have in the Hispanic community because the Hispanic community in particular, um, among all Latino communities, is extremely Republican. But usually they're just aligned with their own personal interests, uh, for, at least for a temporary stay. So let's talk about the media again. The numbers don't lie. The media buries the race of murderers when they are not white. We have highlighted countless examples of this over the years, and it is a routine commonality in in the media coverage of things. The media loves to tell you that uh, white men are the greatest domestic terrorist threat in this country. Uh, they're the biggest threat for mass shooters and things like that. That's not true. Never has been true. All of the data from criminology professors uh, through the FBI and everything else, they all say the exact opposite. And as we told you before, when it comes to mass public shootings, first of all, a mass shooting is not a mass public shooting. So they, they try to conflate those two things. A mass public shooting is when somebody goes into a public forum and indiscriminately targets people in public. That's a mass public shooting. Okay, That would be somebody going to a mall and just opening fire on everybody. Uh, you could say school shooting as well. Mass public shooting, you go into school, you're just shooting people at random. Okay, It's not targeted. That is what a mass public shooting is. A mass shooting is just a shooting in which a certain number of people, usually above three, that's the general definition, have been shot. Okay, That's gang violence. That is somebody shooting their family. That's two groups of people who don't like each other, just you know, non-gang affiliate, just getting into a shootout in the street. You know, That's a mass shooting. And it's very, very different. Now, what the left tries to do, the anti-gun left, is they try to conflate both of those categories as one category. But they like to manipulate the numbers whichever way they want. So with a mass public shooting, what they do is they say that mass public shootings, those shooters are white. And therefore, that is your greatest danger. The problem is, is that there aren't that many mass public shootings. They're very rare. They're not happening in a more common occurrence than they have historically for multiple decades. Criminologists have been saying this so they're blue in the face for a number of years now. They do not increase in, in occurrences, and they haven't for 60 years. Okay, Mass public shootings are rare. What has happened is more people have died in the recent mass public shootings than we have had in the past. Same number of mass shootings per per, you know, three to five years, because one year you'll go up and one year you'll go down, you know, that sort of thing. It's, you can't count it from year to year. You basically have to do it in three to five year chunks. 
So if you do it in in a three to five year chunk, you end up finding out a lot of cr- criminologists uh, counted by decade. What they end up finding out is that the number of mass public shootings is relatively stable and has been for a very, very long time in this country for decades and decades and decades and decades. Um, what has happened, though, is the body count per shooting has gone up. That is true. Nobody can deny that. Uh, the argument there is that, well, there's tons of AR-15s being used. That's actually not true. AR-15s are rarely used in mass public shootings, almost never, in fact. Uh, what we do have now that is different than then is, uh, well, a larger population and gun-free zones. So those are the things that tend to be the big differences. And if you go back in time, you'll find far more people engaging, uh, citizens engaging with the gunmen in, in these particular circumstances. Um, and you don't have that anymore because of gun-free zones, which have been expanded. So there's various theories on that, but the basic numbers that we know, mass public shootings are not increasing. They're happening at about the same rate that they've always happened but the body count per shooting has gone up, okay, uh, which is horrible. But AR-15s are not the predominant weapon used. Uh, a- AR-15 style rifles are not the predominant weapon used. Rifles are not the predominant weapon used. Uh, handguns still are the overwhelming majority. And then shotguns. Uh, so those are the, the two weapons that are used the most. Uh, rifles, distant third. Now, what ends up happening when you calculate that number um, and you say, oh, these are done by white people, is anybody who's mixed race automatically becomes white. Now, every other instance of our society, if you're mixed race, you're not the white per- the white portion of it. You're the other side of it. For example, Obama, half white, except he's the first black president. So he'll be the first black president until a full black president actually comes along, and then they will claim the title of first black president. But Obama's half white, and he is black. And if you have somebody who is half white, half Hispanic, everywhere in society, they are considered Hispanic, except for mass public shootings. Anybody who's mixed race is automatically white. So when you actually calculate this out, and I've done this research, and I've, I've posted it before, it's been a couple of years since I've updated the data. It's like 60 some odd percent are non-white. The other part of this where things get really interesting, and this is where every town for gun safety and, and other groups like that love to lie to you, is they'll lump that number in with a mass shooting. Now, mass public shooting, again, different than mass shooting. But a mass shooting, gang warfare, overwhelmingly, okay? Overwhelmingly minority crime, overwhelming minority victim. uh, And they never factor the shooter in a mass shooting with the shooter of a mass public shooting. They never do that because if you take the demographics of the shooters in a mass public shooting and a mass shooting, it is overwhelmingly not white guys who commit those crimes. White guys commit a fraction of those shootings. But what they do like to do is they like to take the total number of shootings from a mass public shooting and the total number of shootings from a mass shooting and mix them together to tell you that mass shootings are going up. Mass shootings technically are going up a little bit because we've seen an increase in gang warfare, but not a mass public shooting. Okay. And, and mass shootings are targeted. You know, basically it's one gang versus another gang, somebody who kills their family. Um, you know, two groups of people who have this mutual gun battle or something of that nature. Okay. It is not an indiscriminate targeting of unsuspecting victims. That's not what it is. So very, very different. 
But you get these anti-gun groups and they will conflate those numbers and they'll mix those numbers around because they want the total number of shootings, but they don't want the demographics of the shooter because then they can't push the race angle and make white man the evil, the evil doer. So they just pick and choose which stats they're going to go ahead and throw out there. So they'll tell you, oh, mass shootings are going up. And really they're adding uh, mass public shootings with mass shootings together. But they're overwhelmingly done by white people in which they fudge the numbers on a mass public shooting. So uh, you have to be careful of that stuff. That's how they manipulate things. But we have covered this, I know, most of my career. I know that I'm not alone in this. Uh, but you will, if you read an article and the article does not say the race of the shooter that is not a white guy, <laughs> inevitably. Because if it is a white guy, the race will be the first thing that you hear or see in the press release or the news report. And it is, it is. I used to talk about this a lot with like pit bull attacks. So uh, if there was ever a, an article about a dog bite and it didn't say the breed of the dog, it was not a pit bull. <laughs> because they never, they never want to tell you the breed of the dog if it's not a pit bull. But if it is a pit bull or a dog that looks like a pit bull, they will put pit bull first thing in that article. It is the same thing with this. If it is a white guy who committed the crime, that will be one of the first things that you see. And if it's not a white guy who committed the crime, they will leave the race out of the entire thing. That's why it was so shocking that they released the racial demographic uh, information on the subway shooter in New York. But we assumed that that was because, well, one, the NYPD has had enough. And two, he was at large and they needed to capture him. But there have been cases where we have covered this, where there was a manhunt for a current threat, and they would not give you a description of the shooter other than to say, it was a man this tall, this much weight. And we're like, what color is he? <laughs> they will not tell you. Uh, we had a case like that. I think it was last year, actually, where, where we had a case like that. It might have been the year before. Anyway, it's been obvious for a while now that American corporate media buries the race of non-white murderers. True. Now we have numbers that make the media's race burying of murderers undeniable. Again, this is one of those things where everybody knows it happens. Everybody who covers the media knows it happens. But there's always somebody that you know is good. That's not true. Right. Rush Limbaugh went on uh, with the uh, uh, with, with Charlemagne the God. I forget the name of his his morning show. And they had this discussion about that shooting, and Rush Limbaugh had said, or not shooting, but it was the, uh, it was the guy who got choked. And and Rush Limbaugh said, "Look, if it was a white guy, you wouldn't have heard this story." And Charlemagne the guy was like, "What are you talking about?" And it's true because there was almost an exact same circumstance as that uh, police uh, choke chokehold that was used on a white man, and the news media didn't cover it, and nobody cared about it, and it was never, it didn't cause any outrage, and it had happened like right before the one that had happened. Uh, where the black man was the uh, the one who was the victim. Air quote. All right. Uh, the Washington Free Beacon reviewed 1,100 articles about homicides between 2019 and 2021 from the Chicago Tribune, Los Angeles Times, New York Times, Philadelphia Inquirer, San Francisco Chronicle, and the Minneapolis Star Tribune. Those are some of the biggest newspapers in the entire country, and they have national syndication. Okay? This is why that's important. The data shows that these publications downplay the race of non-white offenders mentioning their race much later in articles than they do for white offenders, according to the Free Beacon. Now, you've heard me tell you about the research, um, and it hasn't been updated in a couple of years, but I assume that it's still true or probably even getting worse. The research was done, and it said the average person will read the headline of an article and maybe up to the first three paragraphs, whereas the details of the story will be right around paragraph seven. 
So the average person will never get the real information because they'll just read the headline, maybe the first three paragraphs, and then they'll move on. But the truth will be buried down below. And I've given you countless examples of how this plays out. It's called burying the lead. And this is a very common tactic in the media. So you get to go back and you go, hey, the media is misleading everybody. And then the newspaper gets to go, no, no, no. All the facts that you said are right here in the article. Not our fault that nobody reads down in the article. But you paint a false narrative in the top part of that article where you know that people are not going to read the rest. And you are able to manipulate minds that way. Uh, right now, I would say it's probably not even the first three paragraphs. I would say that it's probably 90% of people read the headline and nothing else. And they just share that because social media. Okay. All right. So here we go. The data shows that these publications downplay the race of non-white offenders, mentioning their race much later in articles than they do for white offenders. All right. Let's, uh, let's take a look. <clears throat> How far into the article do papers mention a murderer's race? Okay. Very interesting stuff. These papers are also three to four times more likely to mention an offender's race at all if he is white. Okay, so let's take a look at this. All right, so how far into the article? All right, so if they're black, uh, 70% into the article. So 70% down. So you notice in the first, first half of the article, the race is almost never mentioned if the offender is black. However, if the offender is white, look at this. Look at this here. The first, the first half of the article, that race will be known. So if the offender is black, first half of the article, rarely mention it, okay? Now, right here, we're just going to assume for the sake of argument that this is a 10-paragraph article, all right? So right here, this shows you what I mean. So the average person will read the headline and up to the first three paragraphs, okay? So you get in the third paragraph here, you put it right at the bottom of where you think people are going to read, okay? But... The average meat and potatoes of an article is about seven paragraphs down. So if this is a 10-paragraph article, what is that? 70% down, right? Almost nobody re reads here. Almost nobody actually reads here. So if the offender is black, virtually no message in the first half of the article about the race of that, of that attacker. Whereas if the offender is white, you are guaranteed... You are guaranteed to have that race mentioned in the first half of the article. Get it? These papers are also three to four times more likely to mention an offender's race at all if he is white. All right. How often did newspapers mention a murderer's race? Okay. Uh, white, 23% uh, mentioned the offender's race. That seems low, but okay. Uh, Native American... Do, 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 Hispanic, black, Asian. Okay, number of articles. So 23%. Uh, Native Americans, 50%, but there's almost no articles on that. Okay, so you could say technically Native American is a, is a big deal, um, but they, that doesn't happen a lot. So I guess you can kind of say it's a throwaway. Uh, but 23% of those articles mentioned the uh, defender's race if they were white, only 6% if they were black, 3% if they were Hispanic, 5% uh, if they were Asian. Okay. Uh, media bias got even worse after George Floyd's death in 2020. So, um, after Floyd's murder, did papers change when they mentioned race and murder? That'll be overturned. Uh, before? After. Before? After. Really got to get whitey now, right? 
The data suggests an alarming editorial trend in which major newspapers routinely omit information from news reports, presenting readers with a skewed picture of who does and doesn't commit crime. These editorial choices are part and parcel with the racial reckoning that swept newsrooms in the wake of Floyd's murder, which saw journalists dramatically overhauling crime coverage to emphasize the view that the criminal justice system is racist at the root. Perhaps the most, perhaps the expense of honesty about individual offenders' crimes. The chart indicates that papers are far quicker to mention the race of white murderers than black. The most recent examples of this comes from the reporting of this suspected New York City subway mass shooter. Uh, in a nearly 2,000-word New York Times article on the attack, James's race is not even mentioned. Now, we had the description of the guy the day that it happened, and we put it out as it was unfolding as breaking news. A lot of other places did too, and we even commented, we're a little shocked that this is even happening. But the New York Times wrote a 2,000-word article on it, and they never mentioned the man's race at all. The same is true for the coverage offered by Reuters. The Washington Post only mentioned his race in relation to his condemnation of training programs for low-income black youths. So even though pretty much the television news went out there and showed you who the attacker was, the NYPD put the description out of who the attacker was. The New York Times, Reuters, and the Washington Post all left it out. Even when a manhunt is happening. Get it? This is the type of stuff, ladies and gentlemen, that further divides the society. None of this is, is supposed to be important. None of it is supposed to be important. If somebody is out there, I wish I want to pull this up for the radio show, maybe because there was that case here is like within the last year or two where there was an active manhunt. We were trying to find out where this this person was. They were considered a, a current threat, right? Armed and dangerous. And they would not put out the physical description of who the person was. So nobody in the area, I think it was in Texas, nobody in the area could could actually definitively find the person because they wouldn't release their race because they weren't white. I have to pull that up, but yeah, this within it's within the last two years, I think, but I'll pull it up from, uh, from social media um, with some of my old posts because I have to look for it. But this is, this is what happens. You know, the news media should just be covering like, Hey, this is the suspect, you know, this is, this is what they look like, that sort of thing. And if you have a picture, I don't care if you mention it. If you've got a picture of the suspect at the top of the article, you don't need to mention it because race isn't all that important. But considering they make race important when the suspect is a white person, you've got to treat it the exact same when it's not a white person. And that's the whole point. So they've created a false narrative that white people are predominantly the, 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 you know, the violent offenders in this country and that black people are not the violent offenders in this country, yet black people are the ones who are in prison for violent offenses while white people are not. That's the narrative that they have spun. And that is all designed to give you this fake facade that the justice system is racist. But it's not true. I'm not saying that there isn't racial issues in the justice system. I've witnessed people who were white be treated unfairly by the justice system. I've seen it the other way around as well. So it, it certainly does happen. I don't know if that's necessarily because of race or just an a-hole judge. That's entirely possible. Sometimes you just get an a-hole judge. 
But this right here is what divides people. All right. I got to roll. Um, yeah, I gave you 45 minutes, so it didn't uh, didn't quite give you an hour, but gave you 45 minutes. Uh, I got to run. I got to do a bunch of stuff uh, before the radio show today. So make sure you come back here at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Hit that subscribe button. Would really appreciate it. Uh, make sure you share yesterday's show. If you want to share this show, I, I think that would be great too, but make sure you share yesterday's show. That information on the lung infections with the Pfizer vaccine, super, super, super important. And I appreciate anybody who does that. And the word of the day is race baiter. So put that in the comment section below. Race baiter. And we'll see you this afternoon at 3 p.m. for the radio show on 95.3 MNC. Awkward pause. Since I cut myself off yesterday because I forgot about it. Here we go.